Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I work in an organization that, you know, we're going to get government cuts. Who knows? Like, I might not be there tomorrow. But if the values are imprinted in the entrepreneurs that have a 20-year cycle, right. they're the ones that are going to carry those values forward. So, you know, we worked a lot at making that happen. Just the other day, I had a young entrepreneur call me, and I connected him with three other entrepreneurs that are further along. And he's really early. And they all like, yeah, how can I help? Let me take the call. I'll do the thing. And that's that's the type of thing that makes ecosystems work is that free flow of connectivity, that trust, that openness, that ability to collaborate. That and for me, that it lives on in all the entrepreneurs that are currently activated. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershaz, and I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, the Greatness Machine is about two things. Number one, people are living their passions, and number two, those who are creating greatness in the world. Doing both of these despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews of world-class speakers and business leaders showcasing their origin story, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now, so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life, business, and career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years in entrepreneurship as a CEO to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation and messages, and I'm stoked to have you guys here. Guys, listen, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I am your host, Darius Mershazadeh, and today we have a very, very special guest, the one, the only, the Duggar, aka Doug Irwin. Before we get into, first of all, Duggar, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's so good to be here, D. It's good to see your smiling face, man. Oh, I, I, I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, I'm, this is kind of, I'm gushing right now. You understand <laughs> that, don't you? <laughs> All right. So a couple of things I want to start with before we get going. So whatever questions that are burning, your burning desires, wishes, they will get them to me and the Duggar, aka Doug Irwin, and we will answer those questions assuming that they're like halfway appropriate. If they're three quarters inappropriate, I might answer them as well. If you go to 98%, there's no no guarantees. Now, Mr. <laughs> Duggar, I'm so happy to have you here. Before we get started, I actually want to start with, this is the, an idea I had last night. So I'm going to start with my new idea. Is that cool? Love it. All right. Have you ever done a yoga laugh before? A yoga laugh? Yeah. You know what that is? No. All right. 
Yoga laugh is where you laugh as hard as you can three times. I'll show you. So I'm going to do one yoga laugh. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do three yoga laughs as hard oh, as we can. Are doing this too? Yeah, yo, bo- dude, I'm gonna do it by myself. All right, all right, all right. I gotta get my, okay. I gotta get my yoga lap position then. Three yoga laughs on three. One, two, three. Oh, I love it. It's it just you get like a free shot of serotonin for doing nothing. Endorphin. I feel good now. That's yeah, dude, it, it gets you like you feel good. Your brain my like legs. Yeah. you get yeah, juice. Like so. Seriously though, I'm so I'm so grateful to have you here. I want to give the give the, our our crowd, our our audience, a little bit of uh, 411 on you, Mr. Doug Irwin. Uh, I'm going to give you the formal. This is the, the I got this email from the Doug Irwin. Like I think this my team got this from your website or something. Uh-oh. Doug is a serial entrepreneur turned nonprofit executive, currently working as a senior vice president of entrepreneurial development at Edon. He is committed to growing North Nevada's startup and technology ecosystem and supporting entrepreneurs as they embark upon their own journeys. Before devoting his full time to Edon, Doug co-founded six companies in different industries, including e-commerce, software development, medical diagnostic, and consumer products manufacturing. Through his entrepreneurial endeavors, he experienced firsthand the highs and lows of building companies, managing investors and partners, and the challenges associated with, with balancing family, self, and career. That was a mouthful, dude. Wow, that was a mouthful. It feels like I need to edit that a little bit. I, I think it should be. I, I told my team I read it. I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's not even talking about the coolest stuff about him. All he right, like cool. was hot. He goes hot springing it in his Bambi in the <laughs> middle of the wilderness. The man is like, I told I told my team I said he's like my spirit animal. The Duggar's my spirit. He's a he's a Buddhist. He loves to meditate. He loves to teach his ch- children meditation. The man is like just like a, a freaking maker. I think. Have you ever made a gun out of like a three D printed gun? You'd be the type of guy that would do that, right? I, I mean, I did look at the plans, but I, my printer's not quite that quality. <laughs> I'm sure I would hurt myself if I tried to shoot that thing. So, so seriously though, how close were you to making a three D printed gun? I'm just curious. Like, uh, I mean, I did look at. I thought it was interesting. I, I read it. I can see. You know, it is kind of like it does put a lot of gun laws into question if you can actually print your gun, but. I did not actually go through the, what the process of printing it. Dude, I just read. I just read it, programmed it, and then decided not to pull the trigger. But I was close. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so, dude, tell me, man, what have you been up to, bro? Happy summer. Happy I mean, summer. I yeah. have been surviving COVID by going into the wilderness. Honestly, going to my happy place, which is I uh, just got back from a trip where we. Uh, it's kind of sacred ground for me. It's Buckeye Hot Springs. It's this beautiful hot spring on the side of a river in Northern California, kind of Eastern Sierras. Um, we mm. went up there for 4th of July. I'd never seen so many people in my entire life there, which was a bit of a drag. Oh, because they're all escaping COVID together. Yeah. But it's, you know, like it was good. I, right after Trump got elected, I re- immediately went there and I was walking down the the path and I saw naked hippies. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's all good. Dude, the naked, hip- na- naked hippies is the cure for, for the, the Trump blues. If you have them. It is very calming. It's very clarifying how, like, it's all good, you know? So when you were there, were they social distancing at least? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, camping they were, and in the springs a little bit, people, you know, would create a little bit, but it's outside. You, you would get some space. It wasn't, it wasn't that crowded, but, you know, it's beautiful. I think just to be able to have these kind of moments in nature and, like, when you go to nature, everything is just fine. And oh, then, man. I know, dude. I, you know, honestly, growing up... Um, Persian and suburban, 
like my dad's idea of going to nature was uh, going to Las Vegas. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would have rough it at Circus Circus in, in our in our <laughs> in our suite. Yeah. I mean, we had a moment where we we hiked two and a half miles up to this lake in the um, Eastern Sierras, and we were sight fishing for these trout. And what I've noticed is, you know, the kids during the week. You know, there's just all the pressures from video games, all that kind of stuff. As soon as they get out, they're just kids. Yeah, man. You can just roll. It's just beautiful. Dude, you are you are you are definitely like one of my one of my like I, I'd say mentor if I actually did it, but more of like aspirations as far as like you and the outdoors with your family. That's that's pretty freaking awesome, dude. That's cool. So you guys you guys just got back? We got back uh, on Sunday and actually my dad's in town, so we're gonna head out up to this place north of Elko. Uh, next week and um, do some camping with him and some hot springing. I mean, hot springs are great. I mean, you, the kids love them. You're always kind of clean sort of. Yeah. It's really relaxing. So um, that's cool. Did you guys do any, like any like outdoor meditation or stargazing or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, always. Um, you know, I, I sit out and um, every morning I'll, I'll do a 20 to 30 minute meditation outside and it's, it's different when the wind is blowing and you hear the birds chirping and it's just, it's very grounding. And yeah. Are you doing Sam, the Sam Harris stuff? Or are you doing your own stuff? Um, yeah, I, I mostly do the Sam Harris. Um, I, you know, I've, I've, I lost track of it like 600 days or something with, with his work. I just love his work. We've got a small group of people that we meditate with every morning. I should join your group. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, you, got, you turned me on to Sam Harris and it's like life changer. He, although he killed the group function. It, it pains me. There was a group function that would yeah. allow us to all meditate together. They got rid of it. And now it takes a little bit more effort, but uh, yeah, I'll join to the group. I'll add to the group because I then I send out a little text message every morning. It's what, what time are you doing it? Uh, Six forty a.m. Pacific, so you should be up by that. That's like that's like lunchtime for me nowadays. I don't know if we haven't talked them all. I wake up at four in the morning now every day. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, I'm I'm like the I, like like the, I have this quote that it's like like the five a.m. the time when when rock stars are either waking up or going to bed. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what about 4 a.m.? Does that make me a double rock star? You know, like, I'm like, oh man, this is, this isn't good. I woke up at 2.40 last morning, last night. And I'm like, uh, dude, go back to bed. And I got up at 4.10. So yeah, I've been up at 4.10 every morning. I, I met, I usually meditate around 6 a.m. my time, but. That's good. You know. I think that time is super valuable for men. I think, you know, I built a, I, we're filming from my Zen den. I have a little studio outside of my house. Yeah. And, just being able to get up every morning, you know, somewhere between five, like for me, it's about five thirty. Come out here, do meditation, do reading, do some body work. All of that really sets me up for the rest of the day. So it's I, like I, even and when we camp, I have this, you know, it's a little out of that rhythm. But I just sit on the floor of my our little airstream trailer and meditate with the kids quietly or while they're sleeping. It's it's great. Yeah, that's so cool, dude. I um so I started a morning ritual. Thank and but by the way, like all this stuff is you. You're the inspiration for all this stuff. So just, just I'm gonna give you credit where credit's due. So I start and I've been like I've been decent at it. I'm not. I'm, I'm still getting it going. So my morning ritual now is I meditate with the kids for about one minute every morning. Like not every morning is a, a exaggeration. It's on my to do list that I try to do every morning. And then what we're starting to do is I is I ask them what core value they want to live today. And, and so that's that's been that's been really cool. Like. Just like doing, doing the, getting the kids to look, I, I, I've said this to you before. I said, why the hell didn't they teach us mindfulness when we were kids? I mean, like, it's insane to me, the things you learn and the things that are not taught to you and how, like, like, is it really important for me to learn about the missions in California and to not learn awareness and mindfulness? I'm sorry. Like, 
That just that's like it's like insane that we're not being our kids aren't te- being taught this stuff. You know what I mean? I totally agree with you. I I mean I you know I sit with my kids not every day, but I, we sit and it started out like one or two minutes, and now I let them choose if it's three minutes or five minutes. But I think the fact that you're there and you're intentional and you're talking about core values, I mean, your presence is what's most valuable to the kids. And you're you're planting a seed that hopefully will flourish for them for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's really and, I, and I'm never hard on the kids. If they don't feel like meditating, I'm like, all right, let's not do it today. Right. But I don't ever want it to be a thing. Um, yeah. It, it's a thing where it's our shared time. And now, you know, they'll be like, oh, let's do four minutes. Oh, let's do a meta. Let's do this. It's beautiful. I love it. That's dude. I'm telling you, man, you, you changed my life with that. Thank you so much, bro. Seriously. It means a lot to me. I, I, what I've loved the most over the last couple of years is just seeing you step into your, your full role as father. I mean, you've always been a, you know, a powerful father, a provider, a caregiver, but now like you're just fully embraced in like, you know, I love the, the story of fractions, like in Kit Kats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You want to teach your kids quarters? Go get a Kit Kat. There's four quarters in a Kit Kat. And then if they get it right, they get to eat some. And then there's, then it's just a thirds and then a half. Yeah, and it, then, I, I, I use that. Man. I love that. It's beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen, I forgot to mention. So, hey, guys, if you're listening, start a watch party. Ask us questions. We got a lot of cool stuff talking about here. We're talking about meditation. We're about to go into men's groups because I know that that's big, near and dear to your heart. Oh, wait, we got a question. Hold on. Hold on. Who is it? How has, okay, here's a question, Doug, Duggar. How has building rituals and meditation practices helped you in other aspects of your life? Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. It stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear, uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. That's a really good question. You know, I think for me, the thing that's been most powerful is just developing a stronger sense of self-awareness. And so it has enabled me to become uh, less reactive and more present in, in, you know, the kind of the chaos that is the rest of the world. So in working in situations that are complicated, you know, we're involved in kind of this uh, racial issue in our community. Having that practice has really been grounding and it helps us uh look at things from different perspectives and not get so reactive and overtaken by our emotions. So I think that would be the first thing is just giving me a lot of, of some space to react in a different way in, in daily life. You know, you know what, what I learned about meditation, which uh, I've I, my two biggest takeaways on meditation that have been like the selling points for me. You want to know what they are? Yeah. Number one is that it's not about like, trying to be good at it. <laughs> it, it like, like, I actually think it's like the, it's the opposite of meditation. It, it's like, just like, like I used to be like, no, you have to stop thinking. You, <laughs> you have to focus on your breath, Darius, and clear your mind. And then I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to like, if I start thinking about stupid shit, I'm, I'll try to get back to center, I'll, you know, is whenever I want to, but maybe I'll let it run wild for a minute. But just that, that practice of being like, hey, dude, you're thinking about a lot of stuff that has like, like that's not important. You're like not focusing on just like being here right now and like trying not to be good at that was a total game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just note. I mean, that's important, right? You, you were saying before, like, Oh, I'm trying to do this with the kids. And I was going to say, you know, like, don't be hard on yourself about it. Just do what feels right. And you're just noticing, you're just developing a new relationship with your mind. And it's just about noticing. Yeah. And going. so it's funny with the kids going back to that. And I'll tell you the second thing in a second with the kids, what I do is I do guided meditation and they take, I, I ask them who wants to take turns. So, so it's awesome because they're kind of mimicking me doing guided meditation. So having a six-year-old mimic his 42-year-old dad doing a meditation is amazing. He's like, close your eyes. And my son has like this really cute, like kind of not lisp, but I don't even know what it is, like speech impediment. And he's like, close your eyes. Focus on your heart. <laughs> That's awesome. I asked why, why, what time uh, my son, why, what he was noticing during meditation. He's like, I noticed a bunch of space aliens behind my head. And I was about to like say something. I'm like, maybe he did. Like, maybe that's just what he noticed. Like maybe he, you know, he, he, sure. something, he was totally outlandish. And I'm like, I wonder if that's what he's really seen. Like, totally. Right. Who's to say, right. And so that's, I do. That's why I think it's like just getting them into that mode of like, 
hey, like sometimes you just need to like kick back and be here in the moment and like sit here. Like that's what, when I learned that that's what meditation was, it, I went from saying, I used to say there's two things in life I hate. I hate hiking. And I hate meditation. And, and, and I still hate hiking. But um, <laughs> I, haven't gotten over, I haven't gotten over that one yet. I'll but, get you there. Yeah, I'll get you. I'll, dude, I'll get hot spring, hippie, hot, hippie naked hot springs. I might, I, might, I might sell in for that. So the other thing, though, um, that I learned, and this was recent, over maybe, maybe, you know, I've probably meditated, I don't even know, six, 7,000 minutes in the last year and a half. But how you meditate is how you are in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it gives you, like, if your brain is a TV set and you're watching it during meditation, that is actually how you are when you're not meditating, right? Yeah. And so then I started realizing how chaotic my thoughts were. And I was like, wow, man, like, I'm, I got a lot of stuff like, that I'm worrying about, a lot of stuff that, like, I'm just focused on all over the place. I just can't just be. And when I realized that, it gave me a measuring stick of, like, well, how healthy is my mind right now? If I'm, if this is what I'm like during meditation, I'm not judging myself. It's just sure. well, yes. how, how you are meant to, how you are when anything is every, how you are in everything type of deal. Right. Totally. And I, you know, as, as meditation is deeper for me, it's, it's brought up all these areas that I've needed to make, uh, to forgive or to, to honor myself. Even the neurosis is a way, you know, it shows up for me and I'm like, Oh, Oh, there you are. There you are. Crazy thought. Good. Thanks. Thanks for keeping me safe at one point, you know, I no longer need you here, but thank you. And oh, he only sh- he only shows up a little bit of the time. Neurosis is like <laughs> cartwheels across my shoulders every day. <laughs> I got I got neurosis, dude. I got my boy anxiety, like playing hip hop in the background. It's it, it is on, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of like that's the, for me. That's been the neck. That's been my practice recently. Has really been making friends with all those things and no yeah. longer using them as sort of self-aggression towards me. It's not easy, but, um, or I have found it to be more challenging, Yeah, but it has been, that has continued to lighten my load. I just kind of walk around generally feeling like two or three inches above the ground these days. I'm going to have my moments for sure, but yeah, just it's, looking at those things and bringing them out of darkness and into the light has been really powerful. That's so cool, man. So my, um, you know, one of my mentors is Rand Stegen and he, and he and I had a conversation over some glasses of wine about a year and a half ago. And he, when I started, this is right, right when I first started feeling like falling in love with meditation. And he said, you know, Buddhism, there's a, there's this whole ideology around equanimity. Right. And, and, and I understood it logically, but, but I didn't, hadn't really fully experienced it probably until the last like couple months, this like, and to your point, like, like how, to, like the question was, you know, how has building rituals and meditation practices helped you in other aspects of your life? I'm like, well, it, it be, it's, it's, how, it's training your brain to not necessarily react, right. To create that separation. Like in the, and then that's why I think of equanimity is that's that like middle ground where I'm not necessarily reacting where I'm like, Oh, that was interesting that I thought that crazy shit just now. Or like, Oh, like that was crazy that I almost like did something that I probably wouldn't be happy about a minute later. Right. Yeah. And, and so just having almost like this like gap between the do and the think, I feel like that's been the biggest value I've got from it. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree with you on that. Cause that definitely creates that space. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, it, meditation is not for the time you sit on the couch, right. Or on the, on the cushion. It's for all the other times. And, right. And yeah. also just recognizing that there, you know, um, you're just the same person everywhere. Like, you know, it, it, you just are that. And so to me, that was really helpful. Like, I don't need to be different when I show up at work or I don't need to be different when I'm at my family. I'm just me. 
and to really become comfortable with that and be present with that has been really powerful because then you that way I'm not holding a bunch of different masks out. I mean, yeah. there's still work to be done in that regard, but just showing up as me has been freeing. And I'm, you know, I'm 46. I'm like, why have I not been showing up fully as me until now? I, th- I, th- I think we're taught, we're taught by a bunch of people that were taught by a bunch of people that were taught by a bunch of people that you can't be you. Yeah. I, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of like, you know, I, I had this conversation with this guy, Dave Rendell yesterday, who's this badass. He has, he wrote this book, um, the freak factor. And, and we were talking about that and I said, you know, like, and that's like, you know, have you seen, have I shown you the, the paper? I got the paperback of my book, by the way. You seen this? Yep. So I said, you know, that's what the core value equation is all about, man. It's like, it's being able to like figure out what is authentically you or your, what is authentically the organization you're a part of. And then just being una- unapologetic about it, just being like, I'm, you know, and showing up that way, right? And I think the, the 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 tie-in I see with values and and you know mindfulness is a, is this awareness around what who am I, and, and 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 when I start to feel like crap, what am I rubbing up against? Am I rubbing up against to your point? You said what mask am I wearing? And I and I was joking with somebody the other day. I said people say that with business when I start doing values, They're like, well, is it my home values or my business values? I'm like, what are you talking about like. Like, like there is no, like, like there's, there's one set, you know, bring it and just own it and make sure you're around a bunch of people that appreciate it, you know? And so I think that that's something around alignment around that awareness. So anyway, that's. I completely agree. I look, I, and this is one of the things that really resonates with me about the way you've always created values and you inspired me. I, you know, I put my values early on in our forum. I put them on the back of my card and it's just powerful. Like it, you know, and I, and I, you know, I maybe contextualize it. Like one of my first ones is entrepreneur first, but it's really, that's like people first, you know? Right. And, and so you just translating it back to, these are the things that I deeply believe in. And then it becomes, they're just, once they're clarified, they're just easy. You know, they just become part of how you make decisions in the world and how you totally you know, things. So they solve but, all, they solve all the decisions. And, and speaking of, so those, so we have how many uh, entrepreneurs did we send books to that I'm doing that group is it like 40? Yeah, 40. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. So, 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 so viewers, um, again, uh, questions are open. We got the team standing by, start a watch party, do your thing. But uh, we're doing this really cool thing. So I guess let's talk about Edon a little bit, and then we'll jump into the the the, the, the talk I'm doing to these guys on on the book. I'd love to hear about what's going on at Edon and maybe tell the viewers a little about about what Edon is. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're a, a, just briefly, we're a nonprofit organization. We're an economic development agency that we're focused on economic diversification and job growth for the, you know, Northern Nevada, which is basically Reno, Sparks, Tahoe area. And specifically what I care about or what I work on is entrepreneurial development, which is basically ecosystem building. How do we make our community a great place for entrepreneurs to thrive? And, you know, we do that in lots of ways. We started a seed fund. We run mentor programs. You know, we do startup weekends. We do lots of different things to help basically support and grow the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Darius here. And by now you might know that I'm passionate about a few things. Pizza, pink unicorns, core values, and down dirty, interesting conversation with some amazing people. However, The biggest one that I've spent most of my career on is entrepreneurship and scale. You see, look, my first few years in business, I spent like probably a good five years of my life getting my freaking teeth kicked. I mean, really getting crushed. And I learned a lot during that time period. 
So I spent the greater part of the last couple of years helping entrepreneurs scale their businesses in a meaningful way without going through the same growing pains that I did. And what I realized is that CEOs and business leaders don't know if they can scale and thus they do the right thing at the wrong times. This causes them to lose clarity, lose momentum, alignment, and the bottom line is you lose money. And look, you don't have to do that. It's why I created what I call the scalability assessment, and you can access it 100% for free. That's right, guys. There are perks to listening to The Greatness Machine. All you have to do is go to DariusScale.com. That's D-A-R-I-U-S scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And there, you can check to see if your business is set up to scale properly. It's going to give you a scalability score at the end, and it's also going to give you some clarity on what you can do next. Once again, guys, that's www.itsdariusscale.com. Once again, guys, it's DariusScale.com. And now back to the show. What do you think? So let me ask you a question because this is a this is a conversation I've been having a lot recently with the promotion of the book, which is basically what I'm spending 17 hours a day doing right now. And I keep telling people, I say, listen, I believe that there's two things that are going to be right now. I'm like, we're, we're in a down cycle. It just started. It barely started. People are like, oh, you know, you, it's, we'll be out of this in a few months. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, this is just the beginning of what I consider to be the beginning of a down cycle. We're probably going into recession. And we just ended a 10, 11 year up cycle from the 09 crash, 08, 09 crash. And so I said, look, you asked me my opinion. I want to hear your thoughts on this since you're so steeped in the startup community and leveraging that startup community to then change the face of a city. I mean, you're essentially taking startup culture and saying, hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to change the, what is it, the biggest little city in the world, Reno, and turn it into a hub for startup, you know, community, uh, startup uh, companies. So, what I've been telling people is I said, listen, I firmly believe that the leaders, the winners and leaders of this next business cycle are going to be mission, vision, and values-based organizations, and that they are going to blow, they are going to crush the competition. And so how do you see that playing out where you're at right now with all these great startups and, and tech companies and really entrepreneurial companies showing up in, of all places, Reno, right? Like who, who would think that? So what, how are you seeing that play out? Well, I would say, first of all, dude, it starts with values. I mean, if you think about what we tried to create when we started this work, you know, many years ago, there was predominant values in the community. It was like gaming, which was like, you know, I'll keep my cards close to my chest or mining, which was more like, we'll party at the bar, but if you come on my land, I'm going to shoot you. Neither one of those were collaborative values. So it really started with laying out a set of values that we could believe in. And, you know, we we creatively borrowed them from the Bay Area because I think arguably the Bay Area is startup culture, although it's maybe a little bit lost its way now culturally. But, you know, what it really started as was collaboration, trusting, error and failing together. And so we really laid out a foundation of that to try and change the culture. And then as we nurture companies and bring people in, we try and integrate them into that belief belief system, but like trying to integrate them into that culture. And so part of that is when bad actors show up, the community kind of creates an immune response and takes them out. Like, we don't want to do business like that. Right. I think it fundamentally, and I learned this from you, it starts with values. And so we had to create a new set of values for the community. And we and did that in a couple of ways, but we reinforced them through this card game, the startup deck. Right, right. And so what when you guys went and recreated the values, and this is you're doing this from the position of Edon or the, from the position of the city of Reno. How did you guys approach that? We just did, we did it from the position of 
eat on, but really, you know, it's not about us. It's always about everybody else. I mean, in an entrepreneurial ecosystem, there are entrepreneurs and then there are supporters. And even though I self-identify as an entrepreneur in my context in Edon, I'm a supporter. So it's always about putting the entrepreneur first. And it's always about empowering the entrepreneur to lead these things. Um, you know, I work in an organization that, you know, we're going to get government cuts. Who knows? Like, I might not be there tomorrow. But if the values are imprinted in the entrepreneurs that have a 20-year cycle, right. they're the ones that are going to carry those values forward. So, you know, we worked a lot at making that happen. Just the other day, I had a young entrepreneur call me and I connect him with three other entrepreneurs that are further along. He's really early. And they all like, yeah, how can I help? Let me take the call. I'll do the thing. And that's, that's the type of thing that makes ecosystems work is that free flow of connectivity, that trust, that openness, that ability to collaborate. That, and for me, that it lives on in all the entrepreneurs that are currently activated. So, yeah, I, I think that entrepreneurism is the answer to, to a lot of the problems we're facing. And I think that what I, what I was telling a few friends is, is I think that if you if mission, vision, and values-based organizations are the leaders of the next cycle, which I will bet my life on that they will be, then I think entrepreneurs then become really the answer to a lot of the issues we have right now in the world. Because if you look at, I was talking, uh, so, so I, you know, I'm in the conscious capitalism, and and at, when I was at Stegen, which is the Integral Leadership Program, they're talking about, you know, Colin says there's there's five levels of leadership, and right now the world has level five problems and level three leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship has the opportunity to demand level five leadership um, within. And then that becomes a model by which, it, which its teams, its constituents start having that same expectation for every problem we have in the world. Because yeah. I think right now you have this behavior that it's like, it's it, like if we behave the way our government behaves, it, we would like you would probably well you probably get thrown in jail but if you didn't get thrown in jail <laughs> you you'd for sure go out of business because it's a bunch of blaming and pointing the fingers and no one takes accountability and I'm like dude I think entrepreneurship is the answer to that because it's you could put out of business if you're not accountable oh, and yeah. and if, if if and if the team starts seeing that oh like I, I hope my boss I hold my boss accountable to these values and and then local governments start doing that and that that becomes a groundswell I think. I mean, what are your thoughts around that? I completely agree that you need that accountability. I mean, one of the biggest challenges I think we have in the world right now is good leaders and people that are willing to take those risks. I mean, I work with an amazing leader who, you know, I would I would define him as brave. You know, he, he has unwavering belief. You know, he'll believe about something and be unwavered in that. And I just don't see that same thing in our political leaders. I, you know, good intention, but the way that the system gets them elected just doesn't work. I, you know, here in Nevada, there were some people trying to do open primary, which I think would be interesting to give, mm -hmm. you know, full choice. Cause I, unfortunately, I think you get pulled to the, the pole, you know, the polar opposites of or the, the extremes of your party. So I think there's a lot that we need to do and entrepreneurial mindset and entrepreneurship is critical to that. However, I think we have gone systematically and made it harder for people to be entrepreneurs. I mean, in some ways the technology makes it easier, Right. Systematically. And, and if I, I really, if you haven't read Victor Wang's new manifesto, he's got a, it's called right to start. There's a right to start.org. It's a new movement to help put entrepreneurs at the forefront of the U S economy. Right to start. Right to start.org. Victor and Wang. He was uh, a really early mentor of mine, got trained with him on a book he wrote called the rainforest. He was the head of. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. Kaufman, brilliant guy. 
love, I mean, he has been so instrumental to my work. And I think, you know, he lays out some of the fundamental problems. I mean, there's a, it's a long list, but things as, you know, like student loan debt. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, how hard is it to go start a business when you're carrying $100,000 worth of debt? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Like you're not going to, you're going to not do that. And so we've basically created some systematic, you know, systemic issues that are making it more harder for entrepreneurs to be successful. So I think we have to look at that, not only in the work that I do on the ground, but at kind of a national policy level. Well, how can, I mean, and we're running short on time here, and this is probably a conversation for another time, but how can you have a student education increase at five to 6% per year when inflation's rolling up at 2%? Like, that just doesn't like and a lot of these are pub, public. They're getting tons of public funding. That's that shouldn't even be allowable, you know, and, and that's what's happened. Right. Like when you and I went to college, you could go. And, and I, I heard Gary Vee talking about this where he's like, it doesn't make sense. It's a broken system. You can't make one hundred seventy thousand dollar investment and come out. And first of all, why in the world would if, if, a, if a 17 or 18 year old came up to me and said, hey, man, can I borrow one hundred and fifty thousand bucks for this like thing would like, you know, a thing. What do you want 150 grand for, Darius Jr.? I don't know. I'm going to go party and do this thing. <laughs> like, what well, is there something specific you're going to do? With you know, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to figure it out maybe two and a half years in. <laughs> and, and then I'm going to be done and I'll have this piece of paper that said maybe in f- five years. It might be 180 grand if I get it off. Uh, like, I would look at my kid and be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right? By the way, that thing's called college right now, you know? And so you look at that and you're like, this is insanity, dude. Anyway. Oh, yeah. And the fact that you, you know, we, I think the entire set of institutions have come together. Again, good intentions. Let's get everybody to college. So we create a loan system, but then it's non, you know, you can't ever get rid of it. And this, you go to the all this financial. And so it's just a mess, man. And it, and I think we've lost that touch with that, the thing that really drives this country, which is small business ownership, entrepreneurship. That's, that's what sets us apart. And if we're not careful, we're going to, we're going to kill it. So that's why to me, you know, I've stepped out of the world as entrepreneur for now and into the role purely of community supported community organizer. Cause I feel like all changes are local. And so I can actually make a difference there. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, No, man, I've seen you make such a difference and it's been such, such a dude. It's been so awesome to watch you like embrace that world. And you know, with that said, we're we're running a short, and I want to just kind of get a final thought in here and we'll get it wrapped up. But um, first of all, any last questions, hit up my team um, in the chat that you just drop a question. We'll, we'll answer one last question. But um, before we go there, you know, with what you with what you're seeing in the entrepreneurial ecosystem and, and, and that's, you know, what's working, what's broken. But what if you were to, like, tie your own values to that and say, like, how you think your values can help move that forward in the world, which value would it be? And what, what do you think is going to make what do you think that's going to move forward? Gosh, that's a good question. I think, you know, right now, I think the one value that that was surprising to me, because being an entrepreneur, I never really put this at the top, which is being of service. Like, I never realized how valuable it was to be of service. And I think that as a a leader, that's critical. Like, you're of service to your, your people, your family, your community. That was never in my equation when I was running my companies. And so for me, you know, playing that out in our community, one of the things that I'm going to be doing this year is rolling out more entrepreneurial mindset related content. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited to work with you on your values, because it's been so impactful to me and just watching you. And I want to give that gift to our entire community so that a whole new set of leaders can take that forward and 
will all change our, you know, that'll change their, these businesses um, throughout the whole, you know, throughout their whole community. Yeah, man, that's that's the idea on the book is, you know, like, like I'm, I'm, I look at this thing every day and I'm like, I'm like, I'm so pumped to get this to the world for that, for what you're talking about, which is like this, this gives the, the, a, at least a really strong roadmap on how do you take something from, from startup to scale or even like non-startup to scale, but doing it in a meaningful way and, 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 and doing it in a way that's going to resonate at large so you can create impact. So now I appreciate that. We got one more question here. Is there any one thing that made it easier for you to show up as your authentic self in every aspect of your life? Look, for me to show up as my authentic self, I've had to overcome a lot of different thresholds. And if you kind of look at the, there's a the hero's journey as a as kind of a map for this. Um, yeah. Thresholds like uh, knowledge threshold, like oh, I have to know everything before I move forward. I have to overcome that. Like the silliness threshold. What if I, what if I say the wrong thing? Will I overcome that? Or and then the deepest one is really about um, the worthiness threshold. Like, am I truly lovable? And so to me, this is about overcoming these deep-seated fears. And these are the things, these self-limiting beliefs, really, that keep you from moving forward. And so I've had to wrestle with those and face those head-on, um, and I still do. Um, but those are the you know. Once I've sifted through a lot of those, then I feel totally comfortable showing up as myself. I mean, even it seems yeah. like a small thing, but like growing a beard or cutting my hair a certain way. I mean, I work in a reasonably conservative environment. Right. And I just said, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna be me. And it's so much better. It takes way less work. And yeah. it just it's more joyful. But it Dude, starts I, with overcoming the the fear. I love you being you. <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. I'm I'm like it. I was just like, man, I wish Bugger was here so I'd give him a bear hug right now. Yeah, there we go. Listen. um, Thanks for the question, by the way. That was awesome. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that uh, from cyberspace and Facebook land. Um, Well, first of all, immense gratitude to the Duggar for showing up, being on on this – this this show the greatness machine and 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 you, you don't know this but the greatness machine came is coming out of, out of our uh, our adventures doing TEDx yeah and, you know, that's where the idea first came from so me, Duggar and I we both did TEDx events and went to TED together and had just an amazing time so this this show is really my way of kind of bringing some of that to the world in my own special way and and you were part of that I really appreciate you and um, and I've learned so much from you man and just thank you so much for spending time with me on the show today. Oh, I love it, Terry. I mean, you were my inspiration. I mean, I started TEDx Reno because of you. And just, I think that, you know, just our relationship has just been so synergistic. So it, it's really meaningful to, to, to have this conversation with you today as well. So cool. Well, thank you, dude. And hey, listen, if you're, if you just saw the show, share it, spread the word. We're trying to make this big and really create greatness in the world. So I appreciate your guys' time today. And uh, peace out, everybody. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Guys, The Greatness Machine is all about two things. People who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world, and we feature these messages and speakers so it can help you step into your greatness within your own life and your own business. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from, and leave us a review. We love getting reviews for the show. If the episode made you think of someone who is leveling up in their business and life, print screen it, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers, and after all, we're all here to learn from one another. You can also go to our website, www.thegreatnessmachine.com. That's www.thegreatnessmachine.com. And on there, you'll see special tools to help you scale your business faster. 
show notes for the episode to help you integrate the lessons. And you will also get links that came out during the show. So on there, look, you can also grab a copy of my book, The Core Value Equation, which is a resource for helping CEOs and business leaders establish core values from their teams that don't suck. And mind you, a lot of them suck. Get access to this and more at www.thegreatnessmachine.com. With that said, you guys, look, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We out of here. See you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.